Bundesländer. I will destroy them all. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Coordinate, an Attack on Titan podcast. I'm Tyler, and today I'm going to be giving you my thoughts on episode 70, Deceiver. But before that, I just need to address something. Hey Bill, you listening? I know you're listening, Bill. And I just need to tell you that I'm not sexually attracted to Aaron Yeager. He's a cartoon, and I'm not into him. Like, it's... I know you think I am, but I, I'm just speaking for the community as a whole. Like, I've spent a lot of time on Reddit and Twitter, like, looking at Attack on Titan things, and everyone there is just like, oh my god, it's so sexy, like, with his, like, long hair and stuff. So I just wanted to know how you felt about it. So it's not me, it's you. And yeah, just to prove that, I'm going to go over to Reddit right now, and I'm just going to type in, like, Aaron Sexy and read you a couple of like whatever things come up. So I'm going to go over to the Shingeki no Kyojin Reddit. We're just going to see what comes up. Okay, so yeah, we're here. Um, Let's see. The first one says Sexy Boy Aaron fan art by me. Um, And it's a picture of Aaron. It's like almost exactly copied from the, the manga, but colored. So that's nice. Um, Next, we've got, sorry if this seems a little out of nowhere and random, but season four Titan Aaron looks sexy as hell. Can't wait to see more of him. And is that Bill? Bill, did you did you make this post? Because you really you were really into that um, Attack Titan. And I, I, I know you thought he was pretty beefy. Um, so then we've got, damn it, you sexy older looking version of Aaron. Uh <laughs> And those are just, like, actual posts. Those aren't, like, comments. That's where I usually see it. It's, like, the comments underneath, like, the post where you're waiting for the manga to come out. And that's also just from searching Sexy Aaron. They're often more explicit than that. So, like, if I put in something, you know, like, Aaron looks like he's ready to fuck, I might get, like, some, you know, some other things. Uh, Anywho, just wanted to clear the air on that, like, at the top of the episode before we get into episode 70. And, like, you, you, you know Bill... Levi's my guy. Like, he's the short dude, and I loved it in the last episode, seeing how much everyone else has grown, and Levi was already, like, 30 or, like, late 20s or something, so, like, he he's just, it's apparent how short he is now, and I thought that was great. It's a good scene. But, uh, going back to Sexy Aaron for a second, I uh, think is, you still might come around, Bill, because you haven't seen the scene that, like, really makes people just, like, lose their mind. Like, assuming they adapt it, like, one for one, we should be seeing it in, like, two, three episodes? You'll, you'll know it when you see it. Uh, anyways, uh, enough of that. Let, let's actually talk about the episode a bit. So, it starts out with Gabby brutally murdering the only prison guard in all of Paradise with a brick in a pillowcase. <laughs> Classic Gabby. Um, I said parody, so I usually say paradise. I'm going to stick with paradise. Um, it seems weird to me that there seems to be like only one guard in that whole building, but I guess to be fair, you know, paradise probably hasn't had too many prisoners over the years, and you know, they're, they're just kids. 
So like, they probably were like, all right, we'll put this one guard here to watch the kids and we'll send every other guard we have over to wherever they're keeping Aaron. So then Gabby has to explain to Falco why they had to escape in the first place. And I get the feeling that we're supposed to side with Falco here and be like, you know, the, the guard was just like a normal dude and he didn't deserve to die. But I mean, they were prisoners and escaping does seem like a good thing from their perspective. I mean, I don't know where they're escaping to. They're on an island, so can't really walk home. And, you know, there is a port. But they have, like, one trading partner, and I don't think they want to go to, like, the equivalent of Japan. I don't think that's going to help them much. So next we see Reiner waking up from a nightmare with uh, Porco and Peek in the room yet again. Like, this same thing just happened a few episodes when he was having, like, the nightmare of getting chopped up by Mikasa. Um, And Porco is just a creep, like, watching Reiner sleep. He's a weird dude. Um... Not going to say anything rude about Peek, because I, I like her. She's She seems very nice. Uh, the first thing Reiner says when he wakes up is that he heard Gabby and Falco's voices. And at first, I thought this was implying that Reiner was like having like a prophetic dream about Gabby and Falco escaping from the prison. And I was going through like all kinds of mental gymnastics trying to work out like, how, how does that make sense? Like, I don't remember Reiner being able to do that. Like, are they adding things in the anime adaption? But uh, <laughs> then I realized that he was just referring to um, when he was like, you know, like depressed and passed out and like not willing to fight Aaron. Uh, Falco and Gabby were like yelling at him to fight and yeah that's what he was talking about uh so yeah nothing fishy there and that is the last we see of those guys until like post credits the rest of the episode is sort of split between like Gabby and Falco's adventures and then uh Hanji struggling with like the weight of being the commander of the scout regime and we also get like some other military stuff happening but uh let's stick with Gabby and Falco for now so they run off into the forest, and I am amazed at how this forest looks at this scene. It might be one of the most beautiful images we've seen in Attack on Titan. I just love like how colorful everything is. Uh, the river has this nice like flowing effect, and it, it looks better than uh, what we saw at the end of Season 3 when they get to the ocean. Um, looked a lot better than that to me. And so we're near Sasha's home here. So we should have seen this area before, but I don't remember seeing anything that looked pleasant in any of the previous seasons of Attack on Titan. Um, I mean, last time we saw this area, Sasha was like running from a Titan and stuff. So it was like very action-y. So maybe we just didn't have the time to appreciate it, but I feel like it probably didn't look like this before. Um, so Gabby and Falco get into an argument because she refuses to remove her alien armband because she wants to be a good little Eldian and Falco is concerned that, you know, someone's going to see that and realize who they are. But uh, Gabby doesn't care because she doesn't plan to make it off the island alive. She wants to know why Zeke betrayed them and then what happens from there. I don't think she cares. Like She probably wants to try to take Zeke out and, you know, take down as many devils as she can in the process. But uh, Falco has a little more will to live and, you know, he wants to save Gabby. So he rips off that armband and Gabby just kicks his ass a little bit. <laughs> uh, all of the commotion gets the attention of Kaya, who is passing by. And that's the girl Sasha saved from the Titans back in season two. And, you know, we saw her two episodes ago, I think, at like Sasha's grave. And um, she offers to take them to her home for a meal. Meanwhile, we see Gabby clutching a rock behind her back, just like ready to go killing again. And we see Falco like looking at her like, don't do this. Like, please don't like 
<sighs> but that little girl is ruthless. So Kaya takes them back to her place, which is sort of an orphanage. It's a stable ran by Sasha's dad and mom, where they raise horses for the military, and you know the orphans help with the raising. They also, the orphans get like shelter and food, and they are presumably loved a little bit or something? I don't know. Like, maybe it's just like Kaya, they treat like a daughter, and the rest are like employees? Not really sure how that works out. I mean, there's a couple of them eating breakfast with them, so they probably treat them all like pretty good. Uh, so Falco lies and says that his name is Ben and Gabby is a little, his little sister Mia and that they ran away f- from their home for like some reason and want a safe place to stay for a couple of days. Um, <laughs> Sasha's dad is all Southern and charming and just seems like a real nice bloke. Uh, everyone is saying y'all and drinking iced tea and spitting chew, you know, like... They, they really southern it up. I'm from Georgia. I, I, I get all these stereotypes, even though, you know, they're not in the American South, but they seem to be. <laughs> Anyways, everyone's being super nice. And I think seeing the devils be so kind and welcoming, like really breaks Gabby because Sasha's mom gives her like a, I think it's her mom. It could be her grandma. She looks older, but I think it's her mom. Uh, she like gives Gabby like a, I don't know, like pats her on the head or something, you know, just doing things that old people do to kids, like a nice gentle caress to like comfort her. And Gabby just like slaps the shit out of her hand. And Falco just looks like panicked and like the room goes silent and there's like gasp and stuff. But then they, they, they handle it pretty good. I mean, they ran away from home. I think they just assumed she was like an abused child. And so, yeah, you know, which is, you know, pretty reasonable response, especially they deal with orphans. I'm sure they've seen some, they've all been traumatized because all their parents got eaten. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe ask before touching strange kids again, though, uh, Bill. So next we have the great scene where Gabby gets bit on the head by a horse. Uh, then she slips and like a bucket just like ricochets all over the place and like lands on her head. And my favorite part of this is uh, Falco's scream. It's just like, Gabby! 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 <laughs> Uh, she looks so defeated in that moment, and I know she, like, blames this on, like, the devils, like, she's like, why is this happening to me? All these devils must be the devil. And, um, this is probably a really great scene if you hate Gabby. Um, yeah, I'm sure this is a great moment for you, like, seeing her at her lowest, but I personally like Gabby as a character a lot. She's a super brainwashed kid, and I think this might be, like, the low point of her life. She needed to, you know, she needed to hit this point to grow as a person and see that you know there aren't just these like evil people like they're just people that said five seconds later she's yelling at poor kaya over there about how she needs to accept her sins as an eldian that she's just like born with and then she tries to kill her with a pitchfork when kaya reveals that she knows they're from marley uh yeah it's, it, it's baby steps so then kaya tells them about her mother's death and i think she actually shows them where her mother died like the village she was from and she tells them about how Sasha saved her. Doesn't use her name. Not that I don't know that Gabby and Falco know her name. They might, because everyone's like, why did you kill Sasha? Probably. Um, and basically, this scene really reminds me of the conversation Aaron and Reiner had, um, you know, a few episodes back in Marley. Uh, so, like, Aaron and Kaya are both asking, like, why did my mother have to die? What was the point? And the big difference here 
is that, you know, Reiner was just all about, like, he was like, I wanted to get glory. But, like, Falco gives kind of, like, I don't know, more of the real reason, maybe. It's, you know, that her mom did nothing wrong, but it was, a, like, a scouting mission for Marley. The other big difference is that Kaya doesn't turn into a titan and go off on a murdering rampage. So you're probably used to hearing cat noises in my background, but if you hear things today, not actually cats, it's ferrets. I'm in a room with ferrets recording a podcast. Anyway, so instead of going on a murdering rampage, uh, Kaya actually tells them that her family got invited to a fancy restaurant where Marlian works who might be able to help them find their way home. And this is where things get real awkward. If As if it wasn't awkward before, because, you know, Gabby killed Sasha, who saved Kaya, and is now staying with her family. Um, so yeah, we know Niccolo works at the restaurant. He had a thing for Sasha. Gabby killed sasha also if they go they'll be going with sasha's family and none of this would really matter that much except for the fact that we've seen high-ranking military officials frequent the restaurant who will definitely recognize falco and gabby as escaped prisoners from marley so yeah it's going to be potentially a bad time for them and i look forward to seeing it so let's go back and talk about the military stuff so there's civil unrest in the city well in the city in all of the cities behind the walls presumably because a group of Survey Corps members, including Floke, Floach, Flock, Floke, uh, that bastard, the redheaded bastard, uh, he leaked information about Aaron being held captive by the military following their successful mission in Marley. Um, to really drive home how conflicted Haji is about this, we see a familiar face in the crowd. And I don't remember his name, but he's the merchant guy's son who, in the, the first season, we see the merchant. He's, like, holding up everything in Shiganshina, trying to, like, blocking people from escaping. Actually, no, that's in Trost. In the first season, he's blocking people's escape from leaving Trost because of his merchandise. And um, Mikasa chops down a titan in front of him and then, like, threatens him like he's next. Um, So, yeah, we see that guy's son who helped out in season three. He did something. I don't really remember what he did. He helped out the scouts, I think, when they were fighting the other, like, the military police or something. (laughs) I, I, I don't remember. But anyways... You know, he's friends with Hanji, and that's all we need to know, because, like, seeing him be, like, upset, you know, about the situation drives home that, you know, like, there's a person we know that's upset. Like, maybe we should be upset, too. So Hanji decides the people who leaked the information about Aaron must stand trial for disobeying orders, which, you know, pretty reasonable. She's in a leadership position, secret information, kind of ruined whatever strategy they had going. Um, a few months later, um, we see Mikasa down in the cells with one of the people that leaked the information. It's actually that moment I was talking about in Trost from the first season where Mikasa took down that Titan and the merchant guy had like things blocked up with all of his like merchandise. Uh, there was apparently a little girl in the crowd named louise who saw that happen and that encouraged her to join the scouts when she grew up and um you know it's kind of cool to see how our main characters have inspired like the next generation of scouts but also it's kind of sad because it's only been a few short years since these events happened so you know these people are crazy young and we're probably going to see most of them die because that's how things go in this show like they introduce people they die um, but like down there in the cells, uh, Mikasa gets one of those headaches when Luis mentions something about Aaron. Uh, like, is that why she joined the survey corps? So she's like having all these like flashes of like Aaron saving her from with, with his knife broom back in the day 
when she got kidnapped when she was a kid. Yeah. And I wonder if we'll ever get like a full-blown explanation for those headaches. We haven't to this point that I'm aware of. Uh, so the final bit of military stuff is Dot Pixis talking to Yolana about how she conspired with Floak, Zeke, and Aaron to plan the attack on Marley. Or at the very least, she encouraged Aaron to start doing his own thing independent of the rest of Paradise's paradise's military i gotta i gotta pick one of those paradise or paradise and like just stick with it i'm trying to stick with paradise because i like it better but yeah so i don't have much to say about that pixis is like you know if nothing else this is an excuse to talk to a pretty lady because he's perv like that it's old man perv uh is what it is it's he's it's not as explicit as most animes where they have old man pervs um he's a little more charming and suave than that i guess uh last episode there was that one scene where they showed like I don't know, like an image of <laughs> uh, Pixis, and his head just looked freaking huge. Glad to see it's not huge in this episode. And that that's it for the episode for the most part. Um, there's a post credit scene, and yeah, make sure you saw that before you hear me talk about it. I guess it's not that big of a deal if you didn't. In the post credit scene, we see Magath telling the warriors that Zeke has betrayed them and must be working with the island. He came to this conclusion because the only remains of Zeke they could find uh, were his arms and legs, which, you know, that's normally probably enough. Like, you just need a couple of teeth or something to assume a person's dead. But when you're dealing with a titan shifter, like a lizard person who can just, like, grow shit back, um, you're going to need to see, like, I don't know, a head maybe? Anyways, Maketh wants to wait six months for the World Alliance to attack Paradise together, but the warriors convince him that... Uh, Zeke wants him to do that, so it's better for them to launch an attack now. Like a secret attack now, and um, Magath totally buys that. Which is is sort of surprising to me. Um, I guess he trusts them, but he also trusted Zeke. Uh, personally, if I had one traitor in my like racist brainwashed warrior program, I would probably assume there were a few more, at least. And um, for all Magath knows, they could just like get there and defect. But I... I, I guess i guess cole is there and i think they saw uh falco and gabby what they were doing so like maybe at least they know they want to save them and falco and gabby seem to be on their side so yeah i I don't know i think it would be a tougher decision but anyways my favorite part of the scene is just seeing the structures the warhammer titan created uh are are still there (laughs) I never really thought about that and like when I was reading the manga that the giant spike that the Warhammer Titan skewered Aaron with is just kind of like a permanent structure now in uh, this city unless Marley has the ability like some tools technology to remove it um, yeah it, it's kind of just going to stand there as like a reminder of their defeat and like the destruction that uh, the the devil's cost you know so it's like a constant reminder to those that live in liberio Liberio, Liber- liberty liberio yeah sure that's fine um <laughs> and that's kind of neat it's like a, a monument in itself maybe i don't know and that is about it um i did skip a few things but they're not that important well okay maybe the fact that uh what's, what's the japanese people essentially hazuri hazai haraz hazuri something i can't remember the nation's name um their leader is talking to zachary zacharias 
whatever the leader of the Paradise military's name is, uh, they're talking to him about watching a test of the rumbling, which I assume is like the small rumbling. I don't know if maybe they just want to release one wall titan. But yeah, I don't know. That's maybe important. Maybe it's not. Who can tell? Um, and they mention there is they, they brought an ice burst powered airship. And I know, Bill, you were like, Zeke just pulled that. I, it's, it should be ass burst because, you, you know, they just pulled the ice burst out of their ass. But we've sort of seen this before. Sort of. So in the anime and manga, there is the cave where the cave where Aaron was like tied up or chained up and Rod Reese wanted Historia to eat him. That is lined with like this blue crystal, which I think is this iceberg stone. I think. But specifically, supposedly, I haven't read it, but supposedly in one of the spinoff mangas, uh, I think it's before the fall, they call out the ice burst crystal by name. Um, so maybe this will seem less aspoly once uh, you and I have read those, which we plan to do after this, uh, after the anime wraps up. So, yeah, um, that is all I have for today. So, you know. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, I appreciate it. If you could go leave us a review, we'd like those. We've had one, and we really liked it, so I assume we'd like other ones, especially five-star. I mean, if you leave a one-star, it's cool. Thanks for hating us enough to leave a review. But if you leave a five-star, that would that would be awesome. We'd appreciate it. You can also follow us on Twitter at CoordinatePod, I believe. And you can check out our other podcast at probablywork.com. I've got one called Too Young for This Trek, where I watch Star Trek with some friends for the first time in a completely random order. And uh, Bill has one that I don't know the name of it yet. Bill, you'll have to tell them about your video game podcast. I forgot what it's called. Uh, Anyways, until next time, don't get eaten. This is Troidal Power, the host of Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast, the podcast where I, your host, Troidal Power, play through games in a powerful way. And right now on Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power, I, your host, Troidal Power, am playing through Golden Sun. You should come listen to me play Golden Sun on Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power. Find it and a lot of other weird stuff at probablywork.com. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.